All right, listeners, it's that time of the year again, and we've got some exciting news to share with you. The Deeply Graphic Design team will be partnering once again with Adobe Max, the Creative Conference, November 4th through the 6th in Los Angeles, California. Designers from all over the world come to Max to learn from their design heroes, to hear the latest industry trends, and to get inspired to create their best work. Not only will we be there for live interviews and episodes, but the Adobe Max folks have given us a special discount for all the DGDC listeners. Use the promo code P19DGDC. That's P19DGDC to receive your discounted rate. Stay tuned for more information on future episodes, and we can't wait to see you at Adobe Max. You're listening to the Deeply Graphic Design Cast, the show about all things design, from the creative side to the business side and all points in between. Follow the show on Twitter at Wes McDowell. Want the gang to answer your question on an upcoming episode? Send in your listener question to questions at thedeependdesign.com or via Twitter using hashtag DGDC. Here are your hosts. Wes McDowell in Chicago. Miguel Morrison in Seattle. Nick Longo in Los Angeles. Nick's laughing already. I don't even know what. <laughs> well, I'm here. Wow. I'm here, baby, in the background. Yeah. Oh, is the, that minute, the minute so we the minute we hit record. I know. That was oh, that's funny. I just like you said. It. Just like you said. How's the baby? Got to see the baby. She's she's awesome. Every day's different now. Like you never know what you're gonna get. Oh, no, oh I, heard, I think I heard something. <laughs> yeah, yeah I think oh wow, it picks, up, it picks up. That's good to know though, because it's picking up little little stuff. So, oh yeah, that might be her mm-hmm. podcast debut. <laughs> nice. Yeah, she I actually volunteered now. to uh, to dog sit my boyfriend's puppy, which is going to turn. I mean, that's is it a real puppy? Life changing, like puppy puppy. It's a puppy puppy. Yeah, like a thirteen week old puppy. Oh, so it's my a lot. God. And my 13-year-old dog is having none of it. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, of course. Imagine. That's always the way it goes. Oh, he's such imagine. an old curmudgeonly um. dog. And then this little guy has got this, like, bundle of energy, the puppy energy. And we're, it's just, yeah. it's a lot. He's really good. My boyfriend's, like, a crazy dog trainer. Like, he's just on the ball with training this dog. So he, it could be much, much worse. What kind of puppy so, is it? I think We think it's, like, a definitely half black lab and half something oh. else. Oh. I think half Pitbull, possibly. He's kind of got that broader face. Yeah, yeah. So, Just like total clunky puppy kind of vibe going. Like, not really. Big He's and... pretty svelte. Like, it, like yeah, a Pitbull, yeah. like huh. they built like a tank. This guy is kind of really skinny. But anyway, this ain't the, the dog cast. Uh, I love the I puppy just... cast. Oh, no, that's okay. I mean, anything combined with a lab is door. Is exactly. And they're going to have good people personalities, you know? That's really so yeah. true. Well, I prefer things mixed with poodles because that means they don't shed. <laughs> True, yeah. There's yeah. a t-shirt. Shedding's a factor. <laughs> yeah, la- Labradors are not that way. Oh, labs? I grew up with labs. That hair multiplied on its own. Like it would oh, just totally. Yeah. Yeah. The, the hairs would have sex with each other and make more hairs, and it was yeah. <laughs> Total anarchy. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, not a, I'm not a dog scientist, but I know that much. I'll tell That's you hilarious. that. Yeah. Anything Very else good. going on with you guys? You we all I know you're not gonna be able to join us in uh LA for for Adobe Max no, Mikkel, but... and now that's coming up here pretty quickly for you guys. God, I know. I know we're like a month and a week or so away. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
I thought this was one of the fastest um, summer to holidays arcs I've ever seen. Like it went from like patio furniture and sunscreen to Christmas trees in every freaking place I walk into. I'm like, you know give what? us a break. Isn't it, it's shocking. Home Depot, when we walked in there, this was several weeks ago. This was three weeks ago. Hall- yeah. Halloween stuff. Up. Yeah. Oh, I'm okay with that. Like for me, I call it like spooky season starts. That's fun. Yeah. Mid-September. I start just yeah. putting on horror movies and nothing but. So I, know. I, I enjoy <laughs> all funny. that stuff. And I'll, I can't wait to visit L.A. and I'll be there for the, the Halloween carnival as well, which is an amazing time. Oh, oh they know you mentioned to, that. Yeah. Yeah. They know how to do Halloween in L.A. I'll, I'll, I'll give them that for sure. Lots Chicago fun. is not quite, as, not quite as hip to it. It's I'd cool. say it's, oh, the are they only, not? it's the only thing L.A.'s got like, that's like on the map, it feels like. That's like event and like holiday. You know? We have nothing huh. for New Year's. Yeah. LA is known for nothing except for, (laughs) (laughs) but no, like when when you see stuff happening on like during New Year's Eve or uh, all these other things, St. Patrick's Day, whatever, it's like there's little things going on. Well, yeah, you know, yeah, Chicago's (laughs) got St. Patty's for sure. We dye the river green, and I'm sure kill many dolphins. I don't know that we have dolphins (laughs) in the Chicago River, but if they're there, they're They're definitely green afterwards. 20 so. years ago, they used to have them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Well, there's no good segue from that <laughs> to this. And I'm, of course, kind of hoping you'd, you'd, you'd pull through with something there. <laughs> Sometimes the non-segue is the best segue. It's a tough wow, one. Wow, that's true. We love Skillshare, baby. Skillshare, we talk about them all the time for very good reason. I learn a lot that I learn to further my skill sets through Skillshare. They've got all the videos that are well-produced. They're by experts. They're not, you know, that 13-year-old kid on YouTube in his mom's basement who's kind of kind of talking into it like just the computer microphone. <laughs> Who has time for that? You don't want to learn from him. Learn from experts. So Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of classes for us as designers, for creators, entrepreneurs, freelancers, and just curious people everywhere. I'm curious as a cat, personally. So (laughs) you can take classes in everything from the small stuff like learning what's new in the newest version of Photoshop, for instance, or something big like how do I use Photoshop from (laughs) from the beginning? What is logo design? How do I do that? You can do everything. So you name it, they've got it. So whether you're picking up a new skill for your day job, figuring out your next side project, or pursuing a long-time passion, Skillshare is just for you. Um, and I always like to pick out classes that dovetail with our topic. And today we're talking about building the best portfolio and my God, do they have courses for this? They've got almost too many of them. So they've got uh, so many courses on not only putting together an online portfolio, they've got courses for putting together a physical portfolio in case we touch on that today. Um, and also we will get to it later the way I recommend if you don't know how to build a website, I recommend Elementor, and they've got classes on that. So everything Perfect. all in one place. So I use them all the time, and I want you to as well. You'll you'll love it completely. So if you want to join the millions of students already learning today, with a, uh, got a special offer for you just for our listeners. Uh, get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right. Skillshare is offering our listeners two months of unlimited access to thousands of classes, the ones I just talked about, for free. So to sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash deepend. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash deepend to start your two months now. That's Skillshare.com 
slash depend. All right, cool. So on with the show. Um, today we want to talk about portfolios. You know, we've we've talked about this topic in the past, mostly in listener questions, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe maybe back in the day we had a whole episode about it, but that was a long time ago. And I think we've got some new thoughts on it now, new and best practices. And we've probably each kind of explored and, and experimented with different things to see what works and what doesn't too, you know, over this time. Mm-hmm. I know I've been, I change it up all the time, but it's like, I think we're learning things change, things, how, how you focus, how you become more niche in something. So good time to talk about this and like, you know, really kind of help people with the, those foundation things first and mm-hmm. get it going. Cause that's, that's really what you got to do. You got to take the time to plan this out. Right. You can't just go and build something without any strategy too, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's what I practice with my clients. It's mm-hmm. always got to have the strategy behind it. So in this episode today, you know, maybe you're putting together your first portfolio and maybe you already have one and maybe there's just some things, some cobwebs to clear out. Yeah. Um, and it's always good just to hear an outside opinion that can give you some great ideas to, to spruce things up. So, uh, Mikkel, why don't you get us started with your your first tip? Okay, great. So um, when we did this episode from before, it was a while back. I can't remember how many episodes, of course. It had to be ago. like in our first 10 episodes. Yeah, it was early on. Um, at that time, um, we didn't personally have the privilege of understanding both ends. So... I have people that supply us with portfolio work to request being support for MCAM, which has been eye-opening to see how other people are preparing their portfolio works. True. In addition to, you know, me personally and us supplying our own for gigs that we want. Um, so it's good to be well aware and rounded in that respect. So to play both ends, um, it's, it's just... Um, there's so many different ways that people go about this. And I would start off this episode by saying there's, I mean, it's not a black and white situation. It really depends on the project that you're striving for or if there's a particular niche that you're um, you're striving for as well. So um, first and foremost, you know, just know that potential clients want to see your the best of the best of your work. So anything that's completely relevant to them. So what what might be a good idea for this is um, f- galleries that filter through so that your potential clients can go through and select what they'd like to see mm-hmm. um, yeah. in, an, in, in a user-friendly type of way. Some galleries are a little bit hard to navigate, but that might be a really effective way to go about this or create, you know, multiple pages of different different artwork in those categories and subcategories yourself so that that can be managed. And then, um, you know, of course know that if you specialize in something particular, you want to go after that type of client to begin with. So don't just send it to anybody and everybody. Yeah. Um, you have to do the filtering on your end as well. Um, I've had, I've, I've seen, um, designers put together portfolio pieces specific to MCAM design where they really cater to the work that we've done and it it really um, accentuates that they've been attentive to the type of business that we um, we uphold and the and the work that we've um, featured on a more recent basis 
which is excellent. That's just attention to detail. That's just no, knowing your particulars before and not seeming so templatized when you get something. Yeah. So that can yeah. be really lovely as well. For sure. Like you're warm, warming it up with your own personality a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So that it's not just a submittal that's generalized. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Because, yeah, and it's, it's worth noting that, yeah, you mentioned the specializing something in something. And if that's the case, if you've got the niche and the special specialty, then you don't really need to filter so much or have them be able to filter through. No, right. Because All your work got, is, yeah. It's natural. Yeah, you're like, this is All what I do. All your work is narrowed. Yeah. Right. This is what I do. Either you're a good fit for what I do or you're not as a client. But then if, you're, if you are more general or if you have more styles, it's cool to be able to let them filter it themselves. So, and there's, there's many ways you can do that. You can have just one big gallery and we'll talk about it in a bit that I don't necessarily recommend it being a huge gallery, Yeah, you know, but what, it, what you can do is filter yeah, like really be it, overwhelming. Yeah. And technology now makes it really easy to put a gallery there, like a smart gallery with those filtering tabs Mm -hmm. Where you can basically categorize all your work, like between either between web and print and logos, or you know between moods, like professional, polished, or quirky, fun, that kind yes. of thing. Where you know there's different ways they can filter through it, you know, and you can yeah again by I industry whatever, yeah whatever that mm -hmm. is, whatever that looks like for you, and then you can also do the same thing with just different pages. As, as you said, Mikkel, like, so it's either can all be on one page they filter through, or it can be, here's a page for this mood or for this industry. And here's a page for this thing. Yeah. So they can choose their own adventure. Right. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Nice. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to talk a little bit about something I got to start kind of practicing a little bit better too, but it's this idea that you got to keep the best of your work and ditch everything else. Um, I'm, I'm going to say this is all about more quality than it is like maybe something not relevant. Mikkel talked more about the relevant work. This is more about your best. And I think you got to ask yourself too, like what, what does, what is the best work that you can produce out there, particularly in finding new clients or finding to be found better. So if it is in your, if you, if you've established what that wheelhouse is and who you are picking your best work will really do the talking for you because it's really telling them a lot about you as a designer, right? Um, I, I, I think it's better to come off with those smaller case studied, bundled kind of uh, case study feel projects, whatever you want to call them, um, and get the mediocre stuff out. I, I do a lot of looking, like you were saying, Mikkel, at other people's websites. You see like individual websites, and then you see like small design team websites, and even like agency websites. And I, I think it's stronger for us to look at a lot of the agency websites and see how they put their best work forward. And they really tell, we're going we're gonna to get into this in the next topic, but that story of how it talks about everything and it's like your best work. I feel like you're only going to be remembered for the stuff that's the weakest if it's mm -hmm. in there, you know, and don't think quantity is the issue. It's always quality. So if you are for case studies in and you're like, that's not feeling enough. Don't put that fifth one in there. If it's, if it's weak or if it's not stellar, like let yeah. it be only the best work. Cause I, I, I'm, I'm a, I think I have stuff in there that's still in there from the original days, 
because I was, I just put everything out there to say I'm established. And all of a sudden, like year by year, I'm picking away and taking a lot of that stuff out. So if it's your first one, try to start with the best. You know, I think that's, it might be hard, but like we talk about many times, fake it till you make it, put in the work that is even what you want to do. Even if it's not real, at least it's part of your best level. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And the even worse reason to put something in is because I have a three-column layout and I only yeah. have five things. I need I to put that sixth thing in there, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think too, like maybe that could tell you that there's, there might be a better, you know, more of the scroll way is a way to arrange your um, your portfolio. So you're not worried about odd and even kind of numbers, a case study, you know, in yeah. whatever particular format or architecture you're building. But I just, you know, even when you look at case studies, you see something comes out one day and you see some new rebranding and I'll, I'll always dig in and go like, who's the agency behind this? And you go to that agency and this might be their first big project that they worked on and they still have the stuff that was like so back in the day and, and very weak sometimes. And it makes you think like, wow, I'm, I might have the same thing going on. So really filter that and make sure it's just nothing but the best for sure. Yeah, for sure. Cause if you've got, you know, half your work is amazing in there and the other half is just okay. People will be looking at it and thinking which version are they going to get from you? <laughs> totally. Yeah, the good, like a yeah that's, a good, that's a good point. And I, yeah. along those lines, I was, I was going to mention that some potentials might think, oh, they think they're all that. They can't even let go of something that's super outdated. That can't True. look good oftentimes. So yeah, right. very, that's very, and, and, and if even, you can't decide, if you can't decide, I always turn to people and be like, which which is the better if you're feeling married to it still mm-hmm. after all these years because you can't don't don't overwhelm at the forefront and send everything yeah it's yeah. a mistake and you confuse you confuse these two points you know both relevant and best work so take out work that's not relevant anymore I, I I was I was talking to some designers the other day and they were talking about they took down two or three of what they called their most favorite work, but it wasn't relevant to what they're doing anymore. And again, mm-hmm. you're confusing, you might be confusing someone. Let's always remember, you know, your portfolio is presenting itself all on its own. You're never there to narrate it. So make sure you are not confusing them with even rele- work that's not relevant to take it out, you know? Yeah. And people do get confused pretty easily in terms of like, if you've got so many things on your side, like you said, Nick, like if something's not relevant to what you do anymore and it's on there, they're going to be super confused. And of course, they're oh, going to think happens. that's what you do if it's on yeah. there. So never, never be confusing. That's the, <laughs> the main thing here. Yeah. So yeah. Or find, find a way to retool it. If, 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 if it's still part of, let's say you don't have a lot of other choices because we're still talking about people's first uh, portfolio, retool mm-hmm. that project to fit better. Like that might be a, a quick fix. Sometimes that's yeah. a way to do it. You know, absolutely. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get something. You're gonna mute for a second, okay? <laughs> I mean, well, I've been muting most of the time so far. No worries. <laughs> You're good. She can gurgle, and she's super proud of it. So I'm gonna try to grab. <laughs> all right, something you got it. Okay. But keep going. You know, Wes, I think you're up right. Good timing, Wes. Up. You're up next. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, as our friend from How Live once said. You got to tell a story. (laughs) With an accent from the Bronx. From the Bronx. So basically, you know, what you don't want to do is just kind of dump 
a bunch of images onto your website and let them do all the talking. As much as we think that our work speaks for itself, I know I used to think that. Like when I was newer, mm-hmm. I was like, if you, my work speaks for itself. If you don't like it, then I'm not for you kind of thing. But no, you got to yeah. explain yourself, explain your work. Like, you know, in math class, show your work. So those examples of your work are great, but they're better and they're more compelling and they they make more of an impact when they tell that start to finish story of how you took a client from A to B based on your work. So, you know, yes. you might want to consider these kinds of elements in that story. You know, what kind of process did you use to create the project? Um, why did you choose that process? You know, what what yeah. did you go through to get there? Um, and then the, probably the most important thing is actually what did that project achieve for your client? If you can quantify it with numbers, that's great. That's probably the best thing to do. You won't mm-hmm. always have that. Exactly. But if you can get your hands on those numbers, even if it's just like, you know, tripled awareness or something like that, it's, it sounds kind of soft, but it's something and it's yeah. better than just saying, look how pretty, right? Yeah. You can also talk so, about the maybe the impact it had. And uh-huh. maybe the maybe the client can share a, a quote or some line to help you out and, and, and really stress that there was an impact from this project that we experienced based on the design and the strategy. Yeah. And the way you know? one really way to good way to do that is by using you know, something like social proof, like a a testimonial from your client, if you can get that. So basically what we're talking about here is when I say tell a story, it's kind of, it's making a case study out of just a, you know, normally a design portfolio has an image or a series of images, Mm -hmm. but this is taking that and making it into that case study where it's images and supporting text. And it's great when you mix your own story with the testimonial from the client. Yeah. You know, it's I super totally powerful. Agree. Yep. Yeah. This and is a probably get, Go ahead. Yeah, if you can get a video version of that, oh, oh my god, that's wow. like the holy grail. Yeah, that's a great idea. I've been getting quotes yeah. and using them as the the last pillar on like each case study, but mm-hmm. I was going to say like this topic I think is probably the biggest nugget to really drive home is this making sure your case studies are story driven, beginning, middle, end, but Mostly because I just think we should be removing gallery from the whole conversation when it comes to portfolio, Uh right? It's everything we stress that we're doing with our clients. Do it for yourself as well because I I just think it it not only is the best thing to put out there about who your business is, but when you have that first conversation with a potential client – they're like, oh my gosh, we looked through your case study. This is brilliant. Like that did all the talking for us. Now let's let's. It almost jumpstarts you into a better conversation because you've done something so much more storytelling, right from your yeah. the beginning, right? Yeah, you've like, you've filled in the gaps. You've you've colored it in for them. Mm-hmm. So now they know what they're what you bring to it. And again, we we talk about this all the time on the show about elevating yourself from just yes. quote just a designer to a a valuable member that's contributing ideas and strategy to their business. That's how you get paid more. And that's how you can really sell all your ideas and your concepts in a much better way. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I'll bring up two really great resources or two examples 
that I think mm-hmm. our listeners should check out because it, it's a game changer when I show my students. There's one design agency called Hatch. They're in San Francisco. It's hatchsf.com. And just go to their work section and look at how they present their case studies. It starts with the mm-hmm. challenge. It starts with what principles they designed, and then what was the impact. You know, it, it takes you through. There's beautiful lifestyle images. It, it really helps. And then the second one is a great agency, friends of ours here in L.A., called Farm Design. And I believe it's farmdesign.net. Um, and look at their case studies as well. It, it's, it's a great model to look at and start thinking, even you as an individual, how you should be presenting yourself on your portfolio. It's a great yeah. standard to look at, you know, so look at what people, the experts are doing for sure. Yeah. And Nick, how, how are those written? Are they written like kind of fun and conversationally or are they written more? Yeah, they, okay. they do it based on, so when we had farm come in, they do a great um, portfolio review with my students before their big graduation and everything. And they were showing how they have a very similar architecture, but one of the cool things is, is just toning it to the personality of maybe that brand. Like, so it's, it's you first, it's you as a designer, you as an agency, and then a nice filter or an overlay of that client. So if it's a very fun, whimsy one, you can have a little fun with that case study. If it's a little more uh, financial and prestigious, then your tone turns to that a little bit too. So you see what I mean? Like you almost customize it for, uh, for what you're working yeah. on. I, but I, I still say no matter what, you shouldn't try to be writing any of, the, any of these things like a term paper because you're – I mean, unless that's what you want to attract. But for I me, like, yes. I want to keep it all kind of – it doesn't have to be like whimsical. It just – I try to write everything very conversationally like I'm explaining Perfect. it to a person in the room. Exactly. I prefer that. And I think people prefer to read that too. <laughs> Oh, like uh, because when you're reading it, you're you're almost saying it in your mind. If it comes off yeah. with that personality you're talking about, so I you I think you're a hundred percent right there. Let it be more conversational, but the tone could be maybe like you know you're not going to be so comedy driven on something that's very serious or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like have some there's some leeway there, but more importantly, it's like don't just show uh, uh, one image and then say that was a project and then a gallery takes you to the next one. Get yeah. into this frame of mind that your case study and your story is what's going to sell you regardless. So have your and own what stamp you're on responsible it. For. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and I, I think too, do you guys agree that like I like seeing the more scrolling uh up and down versions because they flow first of all, it's not page by page like with a with a with an edit. Well, but you know it's what? A nice flow Let, all the way down. Let's just be honest. That's all familiar and standard, right? So that's mm-hmm. how Behance yes is formatted. That's how Dribble is formatted. So I don't think I don't. I think it's wise to format your works in a similar fashion so that yes. you know it doesn't stray away too much and feel um, out of the ordinary and therefore a little bit overwhelming about where to go. Yes. And how, and how yeah. it reads. You're right. Cause then you get familiar with it and you, now you'll know how to navigate the sure. next one. And, sure. and I've been, I've been doing that too, where whatever I build, that's going to go on the, I'll build like a, a super long PSD that has all of everything in like one or two tiles. It goes great on my website, but then I can throw it right on Behance as well. And I'm not doubling up my work. Yeah, then it then it it's multi-purpose that way you don't have to yeah. re-slice anything. That's exactly. Great. But put copy and put lifestyle images, put, 
you know, I think that goes to this whole topic of telling a story is humanize it a little bit. And even if you're, I've talked to agencies that say, you know, all we did for this client was this package, but look at our case study. We made everything else for our website because all they, they didn't want it. They didn't want more than just a packaging. So they put in lifestyle shots. They superimposed Mm -hmm. it on a countertop. They, they put it in a model's hand, you know? So if it means you doing more than what the client asked for, do it. Like, yeah. Don't just stop. They have to hire a hand model for that. Or do they? (laughs) Yes. His name is George Costanza, (laughs) but no, look at the, look at the mock, look at the mock-ups you can, you can purchase now. Um, or even for free or just my God, get your iPhone with friends and take pictures outside with samples. I take it at parks. I take things at like with grass or just, just simple backgrounds, rocks, Mm -hmm. whatever they are. And, it, it comes out fantastic. So it just adds that touch. And I think that's really what you're trying to do here, trying to make it your own and, and really, really prove that you're the right person that they're going to want to come and talk to. Um, first, let's just talk a little bit about how cool and kick-ass um, Nick's t-shirt is that he's wearing right now because yeah. listeners can't see it. Listeners can it's order awesome. it. It's an audio podcast, Mikkel, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. In so, case you didn't so let's know, talk let's talk about it because they can't see it. Yeah. Exactly. We'll put a, we'll put a link it. up. It's in it's in our shop. We're we're experimenting with some some new t shirt designs for yeah the yeah. Show. I like it. I like it. I'm gonna go see. Yeah. About getting that one for myself. <laughs> yeah. It's a deeply graphic okay. logo shirt. It's a new logo. I love it. A little vintage. Yeah, I love a little it. Retroy. I found. I a like it. The retro. Font. That's what I love about it. Yeah, for sure. Cool. All right. Next up is just, it's a simple one. It's just about staying honest. Um, keep your work super honest. And it's interesting, as simplistic as this subtopic is, it's interesting how a lot of people maybe don't realize how far they're stretching from the truth yeah. when they showcase their work. So, of course, it needs to be truthful representation of your skill set. Um, and because oftentimes, I don't know about you guys, but earlier days, maybe we forgot to note those, the regions or the specifics that we were responsible for with the whole grand scheme of a project and we'll get follow-up or these inquiries. Well, okay, so I see this is beautiful. What, what did you do exactly? And it's like, oh, you can't assume that people will know. Yes. You have to explain. (laughs) I know. Um, I I picked the color. No, yeah, I picked the color. You know what? And and if you do have, um, you know, creative cr- creative agency history, oftentimes it's not the case that you did the whole whopping work. So you mm-hmm. have to pinpoint amongst the chain gain process what you were specifically responsible for. Yeah. Um, and you obviously just you don't want to showcase work that's not your own, so don't do that. Um, but. Another thing too, maybe it's something that didn't sell. Maybe it's something that a selection that the client didn't, you know, pick. Mm-hmm. Well, you can show iterations. Don't feel shy about sharing, you know, the process from A to Z and right. how the selection came to be for the client, how you consulted that process. Yeah. And um rejects are cool. I, I rejects I think, are yeah. cool. I think and that's another <laughs> yes, area where it items. keeps <laughs> For sure. And that's an area where it does keep you honest, because if they're hearing you share that, you know, the rejects, of course, you wouldn't use that terminology, but you would share, you would share alongside that what 
the process looked like and here's why this was not yeah um y- you know narrowed a part of the narrow down and a part of the the grouping for the next set of re- revisions or yeah. r- round, round for review and explain to them why you may have advised for or against something perhaps yeah. it just that attention to detail can be nothing short of a turn on for them to hear it 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 um, gives way to that storytelling that Wes had been yeah. talking about yeah. earlier. Qu- question for you, Mikkel, in any of your more recent branding case studies, have you showed all, some of the original comps? Like even the yeah. ones that, yeah, I, I, I've noticed yeah. that I wasn't doing that primarily on online things, but when I was sitting with a potential client and going through like a lookbook of everything that we've done or yeah. some previous pitches, I have yeah. found that sharing those Yes. Has, all of a sudden they're looking at you like this and then like, they'll like I know, move in I a know. little closer and be like, Ooh, I want to, cause they're right. almost getting a glimpse of what they're going to get from you. Right. So those have been really neat to kind of play around with and show. Yeah. I think I'm glad you asked that. I think that's a really good point. And even it's okay. This can be a part of the cell is, to, is that I'll only show grayscale or black and white versions of those that didn't. There you go. Sell, Good idea. And then I'll show in color what, what the end product looked like. So that, that maybe it's accentuated that the final the, yeah. the the final version really does look final and polished in that and, regard. And and then maybe without having to reiterate the grayscale ones obviously come off as the the ones that were more um that didn't go through. You know what I mean? Yeah, that way people know that it wasn't the number mm-hmm. one hit or or whatever yeah. for themselves specifically. And yeah. I'll also show um, grid layouts of template print works that were explored early on versus the final printed product too. Right. And yep. I think that shares the process that can really yeah be explanative. And you can share you know why it did and didn't work in the beginning. Yep. But I, going back to too, what you said about taking the credits and like making sure just because you had, you did a part of a project doesn't mean you can't put it in, put it in, but be crystal you have to clear. explain it though. Yeah. I, yeah. And I, don't make it a fine print disclaimer really. And don't shout it either, but really do make it obvious because otherwise it'll yeah. seem like you're trying to get away with the whole. Oh yeah. Work. I've done that with like, and I think what's smart too is to think collaborations are, are way much more in right now than ever before so it's never just one person there's always sometimes i look at some of these case studies online and you'll see there's like six art directors you're like okay what did you really do <laughs> but like, yeah. right? right you know and, and then well, there was and three honestly, designers who and, does not want to see that you were part of a yeah. a great collaboration and that you're a team member i think that's that's a turn on too don't make don't be afraid that that makes it look like oh you need a team to be a part of no Mm-hmm. Just like you said, you were a part of a team and you can collaborate if need be, but otherwise, and you're giving people the credit. So it's just really smart to th- know that from the very beginning. Don't be afraid to show something, even if you had a part in it. No. Yeah. yeah it's your work mm-hmm. for sure. And especially Perfect. if this is an online portfolio, because this can be searched out and yes. you know, you don't want, not saying you shouldn't do this anyway, but if those other people that worked on it were to see it and see that you were just yep. kind of claiming full credit for it, that might not go over. I got those well. emails. I got a few of those. Yeah. <laughs> I've sent out a few, 
and I've yeah. gotten a few. So yeah, you know, try, same, to, same. try to eliminate that. So yep. going on the next topic, it's what can't you use in your portfolio? And specifically, a lot of this is going to depend on honestly what you have agreed upon with your, your client uh, in the beginning with your, with your agreement and your contracts. Um, I, I like to kind of make sure that like, I know, I think you just kind of know now, and once you've gotten into the flow and you have plenty out there, I'm not in such a rush to put something new out there until it is clear. But at the beginning, I remember sharing a few things and I, I remember getting a client or two going, Oh, we're, we're not, we don't have that. It's not even out yet. Like, do you mind taking it off? And I'm like, Oh, so all 400 people <laughs> that followed me, <laughs> you know, it's like too bad, but like, I get it. And so it made me really realize that one, you have to make sure your NDAs and everything else you're, you're putting together, all talk about that. Um, and then as just a common courtesy, I think the best thing to do is just don't share anything until it is out. Like it's, it's just a cycle of how it goes. Don't worry if it's, you're not updating something too, you know, too frequently, but don't take the risk of putting something out there um, because it can be, like you said, with digital stuff, it can be found very quickly. And I, I think I remember putting something out very prematurely and I even did it on dribble. It wasn't even on like Instagram or Twitter or anything like that. And uh, a, a person who works at the company saw it and sent me an email going, Oh, I don't know if that's, if we're ready yet. And I was like, gosh, that was really stupid. What was I thinking? So <laughs> just make sure, you know, it's been crystal clear. You say once it's public domain, I think that's always a good way to look at it when it's out in the field. Can I, but then what, and maybe you guys can talk about yours too. My contract says that I have the right to use it once it is in the public domain. It's not mm -hmm. asking for permission. It's stating that. And if they agree on it, then you are, you're in the clear. Yeah. Do you guys do I, the I, same? Yeah. I have it in my contract language, basically saying that I have, I retain the rights to be able to use it in my portfolio. I don't Perfect. even put in there that it needs to be like once it's on out in the wild, but I think oh, okay. that's, but I, um, not because I didn't, because I want to show it beforehand, but I just didn't think to put that in there. And I, yeah. I think I kind of instinctively know like, okay, if they haven't gone with it forward with this yet, I probably don't want to like broadcast yeah. it yet. Yeah. But um, I got gotcha. you, but it's a good, good thing to have in your in your contract because most people will not have a problem with it um no. every now and then you'll get a client who does which i never understand that but every sometimes now and then you have be, that well sometimes it, the only time i had any issues was when it was like a pitch or a sales deck or something obviously where there's let's call it like just sensitive internal. material yeah. yeah it's sensitive material that obviously and I, and I get that but sometimes too it was like if it's just being used in trade and it's out there, but it's not a public thing on a shelf or something like that at a store, you know, I, I get it too as well. So you just got to make sure, make sure you have the permission, put it up there up front in your thing. And then sometimes even just be like, I like to even send them, Hey, I'm, I'm promoting your, your business. I'm putting it out there. Here's mm -hmm. a link to what I did. Like make it a positive too. Yeah, for sure. Free press, you know? No publicity so, is bad publicity. Not at all. Yeah. So now I want to talk about, you know, just kind of quickly, I'm not going to go into all the details of it, but basically, so what if you either have an outdated portfolio or you don't have one at all yet and you don't really have, you know, you're not really a web developer or anything and you, you may want to step, I'm not going to say 
it's bad to use something like Behance or whatever. Um, that's probably a perfectly fine way of displaying your work, but it's probably not the best way to do these case studies and all that kind of stuff because you're somewhat limited by those means. So what I highly recommend is using WordPress with Elementor um, to really build out a nice looking site that can do just about anything you want it to do. And no, I'm not affiliated with Elementor. I'm not doing any kind of like ad for them whatsoever. In fact, it's free. There is a pro version, but it's free to start with. Um, most of the features are free. So um, what it allows you to do basically is just you quickly install WordPress on your website and then you just get a plugin called Elementor and it lets you just make, it's a really easy way to build out pages with these custom-made blocks Sorry, nice. yeah, they're just these pre-made blocks that you customize however you want to. And there's um, there's all kinds of different ways to build galleries in there and case studies. And you can link an image to a case study and you can make it look however you want. I am not a web developer. You guys know that. I've just, I'm just a web designer. But now I pretty much do the entire thing myself, which That's is a great. crazy feat when I – Think where I was ten years ago trying to teach myself like you know Adobe Muse and Dreamweaver yep. and shit like that, and it's just I can't. My brain does not work with code, but Elementor makes it super easy just to drag these blocks into place and do exactly what you need to do. And it's the it's the future. It is <laughs> honestly. I don't. I feel a little bad actually because I don't really use my developer anymore. Interesting. Um, which I. I do love I love working with him and it doesn't we don't really work I know, together but, that much anymore. But it's a it's the nature of evolution and and things. It's like when we were leaving Adobe Max last year and we were like, "Oh my god, everything's being so condensed and like given to us so much easier, to, but we still got to design it, right?" Mm -hmm. That and when I heard you talking about this the first uh few episodes ago, it's so neat that this is how it's happening, you know? Like this is the, it's, it's the evolution of, you know, remember back when, like, think about before desktop publishing, look at all the people that, you know, are out, were out of a job because graphic design evolved to digital. So right. it's all happening. And I mean, I, I'm sure he'll be fine. There's plenty of work to go around for other people, but, um, oh yeah. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's just easy for me to do it myself. And it's, and I thought I'd have a... <laughs> We're going off topic here, but there's something that I was thinking about. So, like, basically, what I thought I could do would be like design the homepage and then have him use Elementor to do the rest of the pages. Because, but because he told me once, he's like, "Oh, I could do that." And then once it came time to do it, he's like, "Well, I just want you to just send me a mock-up of what you want it to look like." I'm like, "Well, that's defeating the purpose of this whole thing." So, I'll just yeah, me designing the mock-up is the same as me designing the actual page. Exactly. Point. Yeah. And you'd be done, right? I mean, like in a way. Exactly. And things link up and it works. Yeah. It's basically like, it's no harder than using Photoshop to design. It's actually easier because you're using all these pre-made elements. It's like super satisfying. So I got to give it a try. Cause I, yeah, yeah, I've been, I've been real happy with what I'm using, but it's just good to know what else we can be doing, you know? Yeah. So especially new tools and new tricks that are coming through for us. Okay, and I'll just and I'll just say like you should probably do your homework on YouTube and see if you need the the paid or the free version based on what you're looking for, and then um, there you go. You know, and then there's another thing that's 
There's called Ultimate Add-ons for Elementor. The only reason I would recommend that, and that is a paid thing. Um, I might recommend that because that gives you that filterable gallery. Like it's an extra kind of more feature-rich type of gallery. So if you want to be able to use those filters, wow. that's how you would do that. So I think it's like 69 Very bucks cool. for that with a bunch of other features. So right. anyway, um, that's how you could do it this weekend if you were feeling ambitious. <laughs> you could get up and running in no time. So good deal go ahead and feel free <laughs> so we do have a listener question coming right up before we get there let's talk fresh books we love it it makes it really easy to send out these really branded customized invoices to our clients and get paid sooner and make us look like the professionals that we actually are which is all good stuff so uh, and they've got so many features that i love uh, basically they've got multi-currency invoicing if you have clients overseas i've got um you know, I've got a few. I've got an Australian client, so it's great for that. Makes life then, a little easier. Exactly. Automated late payment reminders <laughs> worth their weight in gold. You don't have to send them yourself. You get to just kind of send it once and say, hey, if, if they don't pay by the due date, how about you send them this non-harassing email and exactly. get the job done? Yeah. And they've got the projects feature, which lets you share files, images, and messages with your clients, your contractors, and employees, if you got them, and the support. We love the support. Mikkel, how, well, how many times did you call in this week? <laughs> just, just to chat, not because anything honestly, went wrong. Honestly, I've been, this, since Monday, I've been on the phone with them twice. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I was just kidding, but I, like I know you were. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Oh, that's fantastic. They're just quick calls. They're just quick calls. <laughs> nice. That's so what they call them quick calls yeah. with Mikkel. And they, yeah, <laughs> they they know to expect it now. But they basically they pick <laughs> up with um within three rings or less a real life person with no attitude. They're Canadian, so they're delightful. Um, <laughs> so to claim your thirty day unrestricted free trial, go to freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic and enter deeply graphic design in the how did you hear about us section. Once again, thirty free days. You'll never go back. Go to freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic and enter deeply graphic design in the how did you hear about us section. And I just saw lightning, so I'm expecting thunder any time now, but. Oh. Damn. Yeah. There it is. There I don't was. know if you heard it. There you, uh, yeah, yeah. Podcast magic happening. Look at that. All right. Because you guys, <laughs> you guys don't really get thunder and lightning in LA or Seattle, right? We do. I've, I mean, I lived there for many years. I don't remember ever seeing thunder and lightning in LA. No way, really. I mean, like last year was like we had major rain and it was like 20 straight days of it. Oh, um, I saw that because the I've been watching the very Brady renovation show on HGTV. Oh, yes. And they made a whole thing about how it rained for like 10 straight days. Oh, funny. Yeah. yeah. And they couldn't yeah. pour something. Funny. That's true. Um, <laughs> there was, two weeks ago, the, it might have been the Seahawks first. Uh, regular season game there was a delay for three hours so east coast consumers were sol and had to go to bed most likely because oh wow the lightning yeah. and thunder w- was the reason for that <laughs> super long delay yeah and we're just not used to that so everybody in the region was making posts that night it was a little annoying like yeah yeah we, we saw the lightning people <laughs> the Come seahawks on. are afraid of thunder we get it yeah <laughs> 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 what's a little buddy. what's a little thunder come on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah. so we've got a listener question i just need to go co- go and find it do one of you guys have it handy 
So this came from Josiah Nance, and he says, hey there, my accent isn't sexy, and it also doesn't <laughs> exist, so feel free to read this in a sexy accent and pretend it's an audio question. Very uh-huh. funny, dude. Uh, he suggests funny. Scottish or Russian. Uh, I will not <laughs> attempt because my attempt at an accent sounds like everything combined into one. <laughs> he writes, uh, I am a school teacher and an amateur fine artist, and I would love to enter the field of brand identity and visual design, like Focus Lab and our friends at Hutzpah. Um, he says he doesn't know exactly where to take the first step, basically education wise. And by your advice, should I do a UI design boot camp or a graphic design boot camp first? I'd love for any advice. This is all new and super exciting and slightly overwhelming. Yeah. Good question, man. Uh, it sounds like you are getting into this field from being a fine artist. And if branding and visual identity and brand identity is what you want, you need a graphic design bootcamp. I don't think a UI, yeah, UI UX, doesn't really fit into that. No, that'd be something you can probably add on to, but get the principles of branding, design, and strategy. There's so many great bootcamps and so many good things. I'm not sure exactly sure where he lives, but... I'm sure there's got to be something um, to do that could be a really great quick course. Teach yourself. There's so many good online things. There's Skillshare, 1,000% to get on board with. Um, But if that's truly what you want to get into, that's the first step. And then you can take it to anything you need to if UI UX is something you want to do after that. But I don't think – I think it would be – odd to go right into there without the design and graphic design bootcamp first. Don't you agree? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's for me, this, this is a layup questions for sure. So yeah, find a good online resource, Skillshare, or maybe something that's kind of more of like the bootcamp style, like more of a premium course, not yep. that Skillshare is not premium, but like there are kind of short, quicker hits of stuff. So, um, you know what I might, there's definitely going to be, courses you could pay like $500 and up for if you yes. can see the value of it. The reason I might recommend that is because you'll, you'll likely get feedback hopefully from a, an instructor. So that's going to be important when you're doing this kind of thing. You don't just want to learn in a vacuum on your own. You want feedback. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's how you'll true. get better. I don't know if too, if, if you live in an area, I just double check because, um, General Assembly is another great alternative where they do two to three day boot camps and they're all over the country. So a great resource too to find something that's very specific to what you want. Um, we did we did like a branding boot camp thing there. One it was like a one day logo design like drill, and it was awesome. And people came in with very little understanding of even software, and we took them through the whole thing. So places like that exist. That might be a really good thing to do because I get mm-hmm. it too. You know. Most we get a lot of times people say they don't have the time to go do a four year thing right now, and I, I totally get that. Who's got that? To, you want to start designing in like you know months, not years. Yeah. So, but there's a certain and amount that you do all the to, gen ed stuff that just exactly. Yeah. But you're st- but you still can't rush the experience of like a lot of those things that you get to do over and over again in a lot of these courses. So finding those things, um, you know. I don't know about you guys too, but I know Wes, you talk a lot about not going the traditional route and finishing school. I think I'm hearing that more and more and more that people are finding their own way to make their education happen. You know, even just digging yeah. deep and grabbing a client and saying, Hey, I'm, I'm young, I'm fresh. I'll charge you a little bit, but like, 
can I can I work through this and and use you as a test? You know? Yeah, I do that? still think you need to kind of get the basics before oh, you, like, true. that wouldn't be like the only way you would learn. That no. would kind of come after you after. I the way I recommend, it's the way I did it basically. If you're not going to do it formally and go like do a course, I never really did that to be honest with you. I kind of did like I knew I wanted to put together kind of a portfolio of logos. So I just went around online and looked for inspiration and made fake companies basically. And I made fake logos for those fake companies. And that's kind of how I did it. Um, Not saying that's the path for you necessarily, but you got to kind of put together that portfolio of fake stuff before you can get a client because you got to show them something. Even for exactly. free, even if I, even if you're telling me you're going to make me a free logo, I'm not going to want to waste my time. I still want to see you something. the brief if I haven't seen <laughs> yeah. something from you to know yeah, that you're totally, you know, going to have the right aesthetic. I guess so. Yeah, yeah just yeah. just do Baby it. Steps. Just jump right into it for sure. There you go. I think yeah. that's perfect, man. He also yeah. mentions that our podcast is thebomb.com. So I, I'm ah. Thank you for that, oh, Josiah. Thank you. And I love in the email, whenever you put in a .com, it actually hyperlinks it. So like, <laughs> what it is it? it look, I, it says, well, I don't know what bomb.com is, but the point is it, may, it's it available. automatically formats it into a, it's what? It's available. Oh, no, it's, oh, but for like thousands of dollars. Oh, of course. But like yeah. bomb.com is, does not have anything yeah. assigned and, to it. And you might be on, and you might be on a few uh, no-fly lists if you uh, purchase bomb.com. So I wouldn't recommend Uh-oh. it. I'm not going to click anymore. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. All right, well, cool. Hope well, we th- hopefully, that. yeah, hopefully we answer that for you, Josiah. Yeah, just just get, jump into it. Get take some free classes or Skillshare classes, and then see what's more kind of uh, feedback oriented if you want. Build that portfolio. Definitely. All right. So keep sending in those listener questions to questions at the deependdesign.com or via Twitter using hashtag DGDC. Uh, we're running low on questions, guys. So now Ooh. would be the time to sneak onto the show. Got to make you send one. Got to make in. a few. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a little Instagram post. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Hopefully people, we'll get a few new people ones. People listen Good. when we do that. So, all right, do that. Uh, send in an audio question. We love those. So, uh, yeah, that's all we got for you this time. But with that in mind, keep designing. Catch us next time on the Deeply Graphic Design Cast.